All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast. As always, my name is Dom, and this is your home of good environmental news from all around the world. This is episode 45, and here are the stories we'll have a look at. An old English quarry has been transformed into an indoor rainforest biome to showcase humanity's ability to bring back life to areas we've destroyed. And then we'll have a look at the devices which are literally making clean drinking water from air in Africa. Kenya's first all-women ranger unit allows the ladies to defy social norms, help protect crucial wildlife habitat, and raise the standard of their families. Byblocks are the first ever consumed construction grade brick made using unrecyclable plastic and each one diverts 22 pounds of plastic from landfill and China has legally accepted a massive trade agreement that will end the subsidization of unsustainable fishing practices and finally Rehabitat have created emergency shelters for native animals which have lost their homes during bushfires to protect them from invasive predators. So they're the stories for this week and before we get into the first one it would be rude if I didn't let you know that Four Oceans Dune cause is the incredible green sea turtle and in case you missed last week's episode they just passed the 30 million pounds removed milestone which is absolutely incredible they've been going since 2017 and if you want to suss them out make sure it's all you know up to up to standards and whatnot and they are actually trying to do good not just make money all the links down below for their website and whatnot so you can see learn all about their crews and different locations and uh yeah all the good work they're doing and if you feel like picking anything up whether it's a bracelet or some eco-friendly swaps like our reusable cutlery or cups anything like that even apparel make sure you use the code fairly lame for 20 percent off um so yeah enjoy and just quickly also make sure to head over to instagram at fairly lame underscore please give us a follow and also chuck on your notifications so you see every time i post a reel and you already know it's going to be good environmental news and a great way to brighten up your day and it's also an incredible way to see the visuals that go along with these stories because i'm not uh you know exactly the best at painting a picture and sometimes i'm sure you're probably sitting there in your car thinking what the hell is this guy talking about i have no clue what's going on well head over to instagram and you can see uh and yeah hopefully that helps out but into our first story the eden project transformed a massive quarry into an indoor rainforest biome to showcase in a pretty extreme way how humans can bring life back to areas we've destroyed if we work together so the site in cornwall england started off as a 60 meter deep clay pit with absolutely no soil or any signs of life and as it was 15 meters below the water table it would regularly flood and at the beginning of the construction it rained every single day resulting in 40 3 million tons of water sitting at the bottom. To combat this, the team came up with a special drainage system to collect and filter the water to then be pumped up into the structure to water the plants and run the site's plumbing. Then to replace the nutrient-rich dirt which had long been removed, the new soil was made using only discarded materials by mixing leftover clay waste with composted green waste from local towns. And just quietly, this soil is said to hold over 10,000 tons of CO2. And as for the biomes, despite how they look, they actually aren't made out of glass. Instead, they went from inflatable plastic cells or pillows, which are a big reason why the project has been so successful and i highly recommend heading over to instagram for this story but just picture in your mind they kind of just look like massive bubbles made out of hundreds of hexagons pentagons and triangles the reason for this is that the plastic pillows are a better insulator than glass and they also have the massive benefit of being adjustable they can be inflated more to provide greater insulation when it's cold or slightly deflated to allow for more cooling during summer and they don't say too much about this on their website but the bubbles appear to have some triangle panels on the top which can be opened to allow for additional cooling and so on the side they say that they have three biomes but it's just two of the bubbles and then the third one is what they call the roofless biome which is pretty much just the outdoor area of the site the first one is a tropical rainforest biome which is 55 meters tall 110 meters across and holds over 1,000 species of plants from southeast asia west africa and south america they wanted to include species that people use every single day but rarely get to see growing so you can find plants like cacao vanilla arabica coffee oil palm sugarcane and rubber trees and then the second biome is the mediterranean one and they actually even replicate distinct seasons within the bubble 
And this one's home to another 1,000 plant species from Europe, California, and Western Australia, including things like aloe, grapevines, cork, oaks, cotton, and olives. And as there are no natural pollinators in these biomes, I'm not 100% sure why these haven't or can't be introduced. If you've got an idea, let me know down below. But all pollination has to be completed by a person using a paintbrush with pollen on the end. And in regards to their sustainability, to heat the biomes, they only use their on-site geothermal well. The whole site is powered by renewable energy, and they have committed to be climate positive to capture more greenhouse gases than they release by 2030. And so our next story flows on quite nicely from that, and it's looking at the devices which are already turning air into clean drinking water for remote African villages, and one system even produces green energy at the same time. According to UNICEF, 4 billion people worldwide experience extreme water scarcity for at least some part of the year, and 785 million are without access to safe drinking water, resulting in 800 child deaths per day. Improving access to drinking water is a massive step in a country's development, as children will spend more time in school if they're healthy, and their parents will be able to diversify their income by growing a wide variety of produce. And so the first system we'll have a look at is called Magic Water. 30 units have already been installed and they're currently supplying over 200,000 litres of water to 2,000 people. And the machine works pretty simply by sucking in humid air and condensing it using refrigeration to form liquid water. It then passes through four different filters to remove any bacteria and finally it's mineralised to contain essential electrolytes. These machines can be quite expensive to run in terms of energy so a different project called Off Grid Box is equipped with solar panels and it offers a bit more than just clean water. When a customer pays a small fee, they receive drinking water, but they also get three fully charged LED light bulbs, a phone charger, a power bank, and can even access Wi-Fi at the station. Just one off-grid box provides five jobs for women in the community, and already 30 of them have been deployed, granting over 50,000 people access to clean water and energy. The units can pay for themselves within just one year based on the power generation alone, and the team behind them are looking to improve the boxes so they can help light up schools and refrigerate vaccines. And so we're staying in Africa for our next story. Team Lioness is Kenya's first all-women ranger unit and it allows ladies to defy social norms, earn their own income and help protect over 25,000 acres of critical wildlife habitat. The team assembled back in 2019 and the rangers were the first women in the history of their families to secure employment. And as for just how big of an impact this opportunity can have, 24-year-old Purity Lakara is now able to support her six sisters, three brothers and two-year-old daughter. And another ranger is paying for her brother's education, her mother's healthcare and helping raise the standard of the family. Rangers in Africa are the first line of defence against human wildlife conflicts such as poaching or even retaliation which could occur if an animal destroyed someone's farm for example. And on the border of Kenya and Tanzania, Team Lioness is focused on protecting wildlife as they move throughout their traditional Maasai lands into nearby protected areas. Some of their tasks include patrolling fringed animals, tracking wildlife behaviour and even going on recon or intelligence missions. In these communities the wives know everything, for example they'll likely be told or find out if someone's poaching but they're often afraid to pass this information onto male rangers. Team Lioness say the wives feel much more comfortable speaking with women rangers and they're actually really willing to help them and keep an eye out for poachers. Now we're going to change tack into the construction industry for our next story. Five blocks of the first ever construction grade bricks made using unrecyclable plastic and each one diverts 22 pounds of plastic from landfill. Construction is the most material intensive industry in the world, produces one third of our waste and concrete alone is responsible for up to 8% of our CO2 emissions. And obviously these blocks won't be able to completely replace concrete but they can play a key role as we work to make the construction industry greener whilst keeping plastic and its toxic chemicals out of the oceans. One of the biggest benefits of these blocks is that they can be made out of any kind of plastic waste ranging from household soft plastics to fishing gear removed from the ocean. And they don't have to worry about separating it either, they just shred it all and put it through their machines which only use steam and compression to form the bricks meaning there are no adhesives or chemicals and no waste is generated. The machines come in various sizes with the largest capable of processing over 300 tonnes of plastic per month with the idea being that they'll be installed into existing waste management sites so the plastic doesn't need to be shipped anywhere. And as for their structural integrity, the bio 
blocks don't crackle crumble like concrete ones do and they can be pressed into varying densities and shapes depending on a customer's needs. And they can even be coated in a non-toxic water-based fire-resistant paint to withstand temperatures of up to 2000 degrees Fahrenheit for two hours. And for our next story, we'll be looking at some good news coming out of China. China, home of the world's largest fishing fleet, has signed a massive trade agreement to ban the funding of unsustainable fishing practices. The agreement will prohibit governments from subsidizing harmful fishing practices such as fishing in international waters, illegal and unreported fishing, and the harvesting of overfished species. It's estimated that governments are currently handing out over $35 billion in subsidies for the fishing industry, with most of this happening in China, the EU, US, South Korea, and Japan. And of this $35 billion, 60% is expected to be going towards harmful practices, so this trade agreement will, in theory, redirect billions of dollars towards more sustainable methods. And there's definitely global support for the ban, as back in 2022, all 164 member nations of the World Trade Organization agreed, including the top spenders we just touched on. But for the ban to actually mean anything, 109 nations of the 164 need to ratify it, need to legally accept it. So far, 36 nations have done so, including all of the EU, the United States, Canada, Singapore, Switzerland, and now China. And even though there's still a heap of countries yet to act on their word, it's expected that now China's on board, the floodgates will open with governments following suit. And before we get into our last story from this week's episode of the Fairly Lame Podcast, make sure to head over to Instagram at fairlylame underscore so you can catch my four days a week good news show where I cover completely different stories which we don't have a look at on the podcast. So if you don't want to miss that, make sure to head over. Flat-packed habitat pods are designed to act as emergency shelters for native animals which have lost their homes in bushfires. After fire here in Australia, invasive predators like feral cats and foxes are a massive problem for native small mammals whose populations have already been decimated by the event and now have nowhere to hide. And although the number of these predators in the area would likely have also declined, the ones that remain actually become more efficient hunters due to the lack of understory. But it's not only the local predators that our native animals need to watch out for, as there's actually evidence of feral cats moving across vast landscapes towards fire and into these recently burned areas. So to give our native small mammals and rodents a fighting chance, Rehabitat is working to produce their habitat pods at scale, supported by a grant from the Tronga Conservation Society. The cardboard pods are made out of recycled paper here in Australia, and they're designed to replicate habitat niches such as long grass and deadwood, which are lost during intense blazes. And as they're cardboard, they only last for about 12 months before completely breaking down, but by this time, the understory vegetation would likely have recovered so the animals can return to their natural homes. You can think of them just like installing nest boxes in trees, but for ground-dwelling species like bandicoots. The shelters arrive as flat packs, a lightweight, easy to transport, and as they're modular, you can either just install one or create a little habitat patch out of them. But the most interesting way that I've seen them used is to deploy them in a string to allow animals to run from pod to pod out of the burnt area into less impacted habitat. And yeah, that will do us for episode 45, I think that was, of the Fairly Lame podcast. As always, let me know your thoughts either down in the comments on YouTube if you're watching or in uh, DMs over on Instagram. And if you guys come across any good news stories that you think I need to include in next week's episode, make sure to let me know as well as if there's any topics you want to learn about because I'm learning along with you guys if there's anything you guys want to know I'm sure it'll help probably me as well but also a whole heap of the uh, rest of the audience as well another reminder for the four day a week news show I wish I could just say weekly but I can't anymore four day a week news show over on Instagram uh, but yeah have an incredible rest of the day whatever the hell you're doing my name is Dom and uh, yeah we'll see you guys next week cheers